0: Welcome to Second Act Podcast. Second Act, it's a continuation, yet an evolution. It's finding meaning, fulfillment, and a deep sense of purpose. Through these podcasts, i like to invite people who have experienced their Second Acts, found a bigger purpose, and are ready to share their stories, as we truly believe learnings happen through conversations. It's a very special day because I have an international guest on my podcast today. When the lockdown started, I was very uncomfortable with how the world is going virtual. And it was very discomforting as far as talking literally in the computer. But today I feel it's a bonus because then the world connects so beautifully and we all come in together so seamlessly. So today's guest is, she calls herself an executive sleep coach, and we will discover more about that because if that's an interesting topic, isn't it? Her name's uh, Natalie McCann. She comes all the way from Melbourne, over oh, a Zoom call with me. So welcome, Natalie. You are from an IT security industry, as I understand right, for many, many years. And now in the new avatar, as they say, you are the executive sleep coach. Tell us a little bit more about it because it sounds super interesting.
1: Thank you, Achana, for having me. This is a great honour and, like you said, how lucky are we to be connected from different sides of the world. It's very easy now. So what a pleasure and how much fun it is to to meet new people all the time. So it's interesting, this uh, concept of a second act, and I feel very um, in tune with this because myself, I had a very similar experience uh, working as a corporate project manager for many years. Worked in IT departments in big corporations in Melbourne and worked at a bank, telecommunications industry and also the Postal Service, Australia Post. So it wasn't until I had my second child and I went back to work part time and I really realised that my heart wasn't in the job anymore. And as much as I enjoyed the role, I knew that I couldn't do it forever. And, you know, really, it was the end of the season there. And I really wanted to explore what I might do next. So I, my passion had always been or my interest had always been around health and nutrition coaching. So I did a course um, to get qualified and I started seeing clients in health and nutrition and trying to transform them. And what I noticed quite quickly was that even when people were doing everything right, you know, they might have had a very clean diet or they were exercising a lot and felt like they had a good balance they weren't getting the results that they were after because they didn't have their sleep or their stress under control. Fast forward a few years, I decided to launch into or specialize into doing sleep and stress management for corporate executives. And it's been a very, very fulfilling move. And I now, you know, we do the work. uh, I work one-on-one mainly with people. And, you know, instead of saying things like I can't lose weight or, you know, I get quite surprising feedback. So weight loss is generally one of them after people get their sleep under control, but also other things like their relationships deepen and strengthen with their spouses or their work colleagues. They're much more effective. They have a lot more focus and clarity, energy and performance, those kind of things. So it's a very fulfilling role and I'm just loving my second act.
0: Oh beautiful to know your story really and um, definitely I'm very curious to know exactly what you do in the sleep therapy, the coaching that you do for you know getting stress out of control because thanks to pandemic I think this is one word which is Google the most and uh, I think everyone's experiencing so much stress and anxiety suddenly. So I think we need more people like you. But tell me a little bit more about what's the whole process like?
1: So basically, I get on the phone with people just to um, have a chat about the situation and what they're finding challenging. Most people know a lot of information about sleep and they by the time they get to me they've generally tried a lot of things what we generally do is once we decide to go ahead with the program i only work one-on-one so i really deep into your story what you've tried in the past and what you're having troubles with and then we work out a plan on how to do this so basically we talk a lot i do a whole session on stress management what kind of things that you've tried and also focus on coming the nervous system down this is really important for sleep so we do talk a lot about stress management techniques and breathing techniques to help uh, bring the body down to a calm state but we also talk about other things like sleep beliefs so many people that have had chronic insomnia for years and years will feel like they There's underlying beliefs there that maybe they haven't even really explored yet, and that's what we deep dive into pretty much in session one. So it's always quite interesting, and a lot of the common themes, a distrust against the process of life, for want of a better word, feeling like they have to be on guard for their family and that they don't really deserve to sleep, or they have to stay awake to look after their family. That's certainly one theme that comes through. Another one is just they can't switch off their mind, so the racing mind, and that's what we work hard to try and overcome through the stress management techniques. But we also talk about things like their lifestyle, and this changes as you get older, trying to keep a consistent bedtime routine, and also things like nutrition and exercise all come into play as well. I try not to get too technical into the details. We, we do keep it... Um, Very easy to understand, but it's just that one-on-one support that really the GP, uh, the doctors uh, can't give you very much time, but you also probably deep down know that you probably don't have a a sleep disorder. And I go through a checklist to make sure that that's not the case as well because there's certainly a place for medicine in sleep and that's not my role, that's the doctor's role. But when it's generally to do with stress management or racing mind, those kind of things, that's where I can certainly help. Whom do you see asking for
0: help more? Is it young children? Is it women in particular? Is it more men? What is your experience? I mean, who is actually acknowledging that they need a support in this field?
1: Definitely professionals. And that's who I generally work with anyway because of the platform, I'm only on the LinkedIn platform. So I'm not on Facebook or Instagram. So I I probably am dealing with a lot more professional people anyway, but definitely professionals are becoming more and more aware. And I think, as you said, the pandemic has really risen, uh, brought issues to the surface and stress management is much more talked about than it was, you know, 12 or 24 months ago. And so they're becoming much more aware of their stress levels and how it's impacting their personal and professional lives. Do you do this all virtually or
0: because everything was under lockdown, but have you now started to meet people? Is that more impactful for you or how do you really feel that this whole process works?
1: Yeah, so now I'm 100% online and I used to have um, people come into my home office and now because of the pandemic, we weren't able to do that for so long. So I've gone 100% online. And to be honest, it's fantastic. You know, I, I get the opportunity to meet with a whole range of different people that I would have been able to do previously. So I would love to go and do face-to-face in the city. And I've got a real mix of clients from Sydney and Brisbane, New Zealand, all over the place. So at the moment, it's it's very convenient, I suppose, for everyone to stay online. And so are there many more people
0: like you in Australia who are doing this or you call yourself really in the niche space?
1: Yeah, there's not very many Australians doing sleep coaching, to be honest with you. There are definitely a few Americans, Canadians. There's also a lady over in Europe in Luxembourg doing it. Um, So it is a new space and I feel like I really want to educate people to say there is a choice between uh, when you go to the doctor and they want to give you the sleeping pills and the next step after that, when we work out that they're very ineffective and they only work in the short term, the next step is to go to a medical centre, sleep centre, and most people don't need that. I'm not saying they don't need them at all. Some people will, but for the majority, a lot of this can be combated by understanding more about what drives sleep, understanding what drives insomnia, and then working together to help fix that.
0: So is there anything in one particular way that you want to explain? Where is it all coming from? Is there something which is coming out in common when you talk to people, the reason behind this?
1: It's really a mix of three different processes. Um, So there's the sleep drive. So the longer that you stay awake, it's a bit like being hungry. The longer that you stay awake, the more your body wants to sleep. So sometimes people say they're so tired, so they'll jump into bed early, but... Maybe they're not tired enough. And so that's one thing that impacts it is sleep drive. Um, The second one is your biological clock or your circadian rhythm. And this is a natural process. And this is where our hormones come into play and why we're often told to get outside in the sunlight early in the morning and then not using the screens at night. So the light is telling our brain it's time for daylight and time for energy and being awake and going to work. And then when the sun goes down and we dim the lights at night, perhaps after dinner, it's giving our brain the signal to release a hormone that gets us ready for sleep, which is melatonin. So that's the second sleep process. The third one is then around behavioural conditionings. And this is what I was talking about before, talking about different sleep beliefs, different triggers as well. So when you've gone to bed in the past and you've laid awake, you know, in the background, in your subconscious, you're going into that bedroom with pretty much a preconceived idea that you're not going to sleep, you know, and and no one really thinks like that in their their logical brain, but it's learned behaviour. So it's about reprogramming those cues. So they're the three things that really impact on sleep. So it's about um, putting pressure on those to your advantage and really, you know, trying our best to, and there's a lot of different ways to do that, you know, we know a lot more now than we used to and it's becoming much more widespread as well. So, you know, there's a lot of things that you can do and I just really want to give people hope that even if you've had chronic insomnia for a long time like I did, you can manage to turn that around.
0: Did you study this formally or is this something that has just come in your second act that this is what you need to do?
1: So I got my coaching certification when I did my health and nutrition coaching. Then it's been a lot of self-study, but most of this self-study was done previous to my career change because I did suffer from chronic insomnia for many decades, even as a child. So, um, and I can confidently say I've turned that around now. I am still very much prone to parts of insomnia I know exactly how to manage that now and that's why I've developed this program is because this is what I wish I had access to all those years ago <laughs> yeah
0: I know so do you think it's
1: there are some practices that we
0: should follow with children now that you have two children of your own are you doing anything to make sure that they do not undergo you know something like um, stress management when they grow up and they are able to handle their life properly so that there is no insomnia in their life. Is,
1: is there anything to follow uh, as young kids? Well, look, it's interesting um, when you have the babies and you're trying to learn to teach them how to sleep, there is actually a lot of similarities, you know, when we're talking about adult sleep coaching and If you think about a nightly routine that we used to do when our children were babies and we would read them a story and we'd put the lamp on and we'd give them, you know, a a drink, it was all about creating signals and rituals that then, you know, once you do A, B, C and D, that equals sleep. And it's actually quite similar for adults. So, you know, I always say to people, let's create a lovely wind-down routine for you. And the more we do this, the more we're reinforcing that sleep is the end goal. Uh, with my own children, we definitely have a little routine that we do every single night, and it's beautiful. And when they're a little bit more worked up, you know, it doesn't work every single night like, like anything, and when they're a little bit more worked up or they're a bit upset about something, we do a lot of breath work and just simple, simple breath work. And We just put our hands on our tummies and we breathe in and we just feel it going in and out and just trying to calm them down. We do a lot of visualisation as well, and it's cute. You know, it's really it's nice Things I'm trying to give them the tools so that they know what to do and they can self-soothe, which is again we go back to the babies and learning how to self-soothe, and so it is very similar. We we'll go through different stages in life, but uh, certainly with my own children, I love teaching them those kind of things.
0: That's great. One day they will thank uh, Natalie, mom, for it and say,
1: yeah. <laughs> "You
0: gave us all the tools." That's beautiful. I hope
1: so. <laughs> uh, that's the aim. That would be nice, wouldn't it? If they they all come back and say thank you. <laughs>
0: Well, they will. Sometimes I think subconsciously we also take uh, children for granted and they take us for granted.
1: Oh, yeah,
0: absolutely. We should start working on this um, younger because I think I have my older kids now. And so they're also set in their mind what works for them, what doesn't. So it's very difficult That's to sometimes take them back to say, you know, this is how it works. Um, they have their preconceived yeah. already. They're all set in the mind.
1: Exactly. I think trying to keep an open mindset and that we can still learn more at any stage in life, you know, is really key.
0: Yeah, that's so true. Natalie, so where are we going from here? What is your visualization working for you? What are your next steps?
1: At the moment I am trying to work out what these are Jana I think probably later in the year I will move to a group coaching model so I can help more people at the moment I'm only doing one-on-one coaching which I really love I'm an introvert so I love connecting deeply with people and I love you know hearing their stories But um, as a business venture, um, I'll probably be moving not quite yet, probably later in the year to a group coaching model, introducing that. I think I'll always do one-on-one coaching as well and perhaps some more work in the corporate space, HR, um, doing wellness talks, those kind of things. At the moment, I'm really happy doing my one-on-ones. It's a beautiful little business. It's very rewarding, fulfilling. And, you know, I just really enjoy my days. It's a beautiful way to live.
0: Absolutely. And everybody is now trying to write a book. Are you as well?
1: At the start of last year, I wrote an ebook outlining my experience and, you know, lots of different strategies for insomniacs. So that's certainly available on my website. Whether or not I'll ever get that published into a hardcover or a softcover real book, I'm not sure. But if that's not on the cards, not writing another book, no. (laughs)
0: okay but that's also a way for many 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 more people to read about the work that you're doing and also the impact that it can create in the well-being of people and in their second maybe yeah
1: yeah that's right and it's just a resource from someone that has lived through that chronic insomnia the daily exhaustion and the pushing through of life and to the other side so I'm not saying there's only one way to fix it, but that's just was my experience and it was a really healing process writing the book and I, have, and I think it helps a lot of people. So it's a great start. If you're having a lot of difficulty sleeping, that's a great place to start.
0: It's really interesting to know what you're doing and uh, I really want to applaud you for the second act of really healing the world I would say and de-stressing them and uh, putting them to sleep in a peaceful manner in their <laughs> life I think that's the bigger takeaway from this one so thanks for taking yeah. out, Natalie and it's really a pleasure talking to you and uh, one day I yeah. hope that we can meet uh, you know across these two continents and be together be love for
1: you. <laughs> all right thanks. I look forward to
0: it absolutely thank you so much bye-bye
1: My pleasure. Thank
0: you. Bye-bye.